Hello, everybody. Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips, a podcast where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of the classic television program, MacGyver. I am one of your hosts, Nathan Hartswick. And I am your other host, Annie Russell. Today, we're talking about season one, episode one, The Pilot. Annie, I'm sorry to do this to you. This is kind of a garbage TV show at the start. This is not the best episode of television I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I don't think this is the best episode of MacGyver that exists. No, um, there's a lot, of of, a lot of weak points uh, on this episode, but a couple of things that I really liked. Um, so overall, it was just a cheesy, action-packed episode of 80s television. Uh, well, I have to ask uh, what what your history is with MacGyver. Have, did you watch it as a kid? So I did watch it as a kid. I probably didn't see it until probably 1988, 89, I want to say, is when I was more cognizant of it. Um, but the the main thing for my family is that my brother's name is Mac. And so as you ah. realize, like everything that has you know, a name of somebody in the family becomes like an important kind of touchstone. Um, and right, so right. MacGyver was something that my family watched. Gotcha. Uh, that's such a low bar. That's yeah. like, that's why we love Nathan for you in my house. Um, <laughs> so, well, my, I was like the little kid, totally obsessed with it from the time I was like aware of Monday night television. This was the show. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was like unique because none of my friends watched it. And I felt like I was like a sensitive kid and this was like a sensitive hero. And like, I wasn't into the shoot 'em ups and the other stuff that kids were watching, but this was my, my show. And I was like, to the point where I like hand wrote a letter to Richard Dean Anderson and sent it to Melrose place, Hollywood, California, like where, wherever the <laughs> studio was. I don't even know how I got the yeah, address. I don't know. I remember sometimes they'd like sort of have the address on the end credits the screen, of the yeah, studio. Right. So you probably just sent it probably. to that address. Yep. Like care of Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was a real nerd about it, but I obviously it's not going to hold up on uh, second impressions. Uh, all right. So we're going to have some help today in breaking down this episode. Uh, our good friend, comedian, uh, just an all around wonderful dude. Uh, please welcome John Lyons. Hi, John. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> you don't sound enthused. No, I actually, um, I totally am. Like, I got in as soon as you said this, like, I, I, when quarantine started, first of all, like quarantine, I thrived during quarantine. This was like my, <laughs> I was made. You were the only one. I, it was like, okay, so I get to work from home. I don't have to associate with people and I get takeout. <laughs> Fucking dope. <laughs> so like I immediately. And then I asked you, do you want to watch like this archaic TV show that doesn't matter? Yes. And I uh, was already yeah. into this type of stuff because I just finished binging the police Academy movies. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So. so you're on an 80s kick right now. Yes. Yeah, so it was perfect. So thank you guys. Now, you know, you're not obligated to watch every episode like we are, right? I'm still <laughs> going to. this episode. And I'll, I'll, okay. I'll listen <laughs> to you guys and then I'll be like, we'll bring you I'll back. be a fan and just be like, yeah, so yeah, nice. it's fucking great. Uh, and so you're roughly the right age. You watched this show as a kid. Yeah, I was about maybe nine or 10 when it came out. And we were watching, we were talking a little beforehand about how we were both kind of like, kids who aspired to be MacGyver because it felt like we could do that. We could be inventive and make something yes. up that's super cool that saves the day and then realized after the fact that we are not scientific or mathematical people. <laughs> yes. Um, so it was inspiring to you as a kid, I'm assuming, but not. Uh, but it didn't pan out that you became MacGyver. No, not at all. But it helped my imagination. 
Like I could pretend I yeah, was sure. MacGyver, which was great. Absolutely. Because you're at that age where it's like, it's not yep. total imagination, but you're not like a little teeny kid anymore, but you're a toddler or even a toddler, but you're not a teenager where you have to like throw away your childhood and the way you play. And like at that age, you're like, oh, I can, you know, fucking break into the bank if I uh, yeah. needed to just by doing this. Right, right. Yeah. Or you'd like uh, you'd put yourself in a refrigerator box and yes. pretend like you were locked up by the bad guys. How are you going to get yes, out? Yes, that was a good one. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, all right. Well, as you may know, in 2015, the word MacGyver was added to the Oxford English Dictionary. It's a verb, obviously, meaning making or repairing an object in an improvised or inventive way. Uh, so we are going to collect stories of people MacGyvering things in their own lives. Listeners, write in. Tell us about a time that you MacGyvered something. Uh, TheMacGyverPod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter at TheMacGyverPod. Uh, John, is there anything you can think of that you uh, repurposed something or solved a, a problem with improvised uh, materials? No, I was kind of like on the show, like the guy that the, the real quick guy that is like gets MacGyver. In real life, that's like how I would... I couldn't fix anything, but I could find the person that's going to fix it. Okay, so you're the guy on the other end of the walkie-talkie telling yes. him that it's a big problem. Yes. That's important. I mean, those are the exposition guys who walk in and tell you how bad it is, yeah. right? And they're always in the trailer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd be and a bureaucrat. they actually are the, the few people who have clear dialogue in this show. So <laughs> it's actually a great part. Yeah, I'd love There's that. even some dubbed over dialogue in this show. <laughs> there is. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into our discussion right away of this week's episode. Uh, what a wild one it is. Can we get a summary from Annie? Yeah, so this episode starts out uh, with MacGyver rescuing an American pilot who has crashed on top of a high cliff. I think it's important to know this entire rescue occurs before the opening credits and has mm -hmm. nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Right. It's um, the opening gambit. It's a thing. Throws a pocket knife to a guy so the guy can un, um, <laughs> unleash himself from yep. this hanging cage, uh, which is apparently mm. the only way there is to detain a person. Um, and then he uh, stops a bomb uh, with a paper clip. So this is all before the opening credits. But then we get into sort of the meat of the episode. Um, and that is when a science lab uh, that's studying the ozone layer, it mysteriously explodes. MacGyver is called in to rescue the scientists that are trapped underground. Um, but it's soon discovered that the explosion cracked a tank of sulfuric acid, like you do, um, and MacGyver is in a race against time uh, before the army is going to use a missile to seal up the base. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, that sort of solution to the problem is what gives MacGyver the four-hour, um, roughly, time <laughs> right. window that he has to uh, get these guys out of a situation. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, let's let's dive into it. Uh, John, what did you think of the opening gamut and the and uh, meeting uh, meeting MacGyver on a cliffside? The horse story about old man McGinney and the horse. How did this strike you? Well, I loved it because I was immediately set at ease because, like, I think subconsciously it hit me. Well, he's not going to do this and not get out of this shit. And you weren't worried about him. So I wasn't worried about him at that point. So I'm like, okay, let's see how he... And then I'm like, how div how diverse is the story going to get from the action that's happening? Like, how how ridiculous... Like, what's the, on the ridiculosity mat meter? Like, how You mean, much... like, the parallels between the horse story and what yes. actually happening? Yeah, like, like how's yeah, it going to... would have been great. 
That's a good <laughs> Yeah, you would think that that would come back around and be clear as to why that horse story was important, but it no. never was. Also, I think now that I'm thinking about it again, I think that one of my issues with that voiceover at the mm. beginning was his folksy delivery of <laughs> yeah, that that absolutely. just really like doesn't necessarily fit with his character. MacGyver sort of swings into a little bit of a Western kind of accent uh, when yeah. he needs it and then out of it. Yeah, he's it not just, consistent yeah, it. It did not work for me. It felt like something that was added in later. Yeah, yeah it was definitely completely unnecessary. And a modern audience would it would have been able to watch a guy come up off a cliff and knock a few guys out and understand what was happening without a parable about a horse. Um, but that nice moment when he swings his, his legs over the missile as though it were a horse for a split second, right when he gets to mount the horse. I mean, I think we all understand uh, yeah, I did like the costume change that he did. Um, yes. So he immediately so gets there and he changes into one of the outfits that the militants are wearing. And I think that was a good look for him. It was it like was. this monochromatic sort of like beige um, thing. Well, it's with perfect like a fur for hat. where it's perfect for where we are in the story, which is somewhere in Central, Central Asia. Asia. <laughs> yeah. Right, perfect. Uh, I just love the he hits, hits guy over the head. He drops out of frame. Three seconds later, MacGyver pops up in his clothing. It's a real yeah. quick change. Well, and it's and um, it's also like the fun 80s thing of like knocking people out. Like everyone's an expert at yeah. knocking people out in the 80s. Like if you watch yep. shows, they're all like immediately put them in a sleeper hold and they're done. Yeah, it takes yeah. very little. Yeah. I don't know There's why another moment stopped. when he knocks some guy with the butt, uh, the butt of the gun later and it's cl- clearly like the stunt guy's standing there waiting for him to hit him and then yes. and then he hits him. Like, like the edit was so early. Um, uh, oh, the cage. We talked briefly about the cage, but I mean, that cage, that is the way you imprison someone on a high cliff is build out of logs, uh, a, a very <laughs> elaborate cage that swings between other, other it, posts. This felt like something straight out of Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, um, for That sure. was just sort of like ripped from, <laughs> from that playbook. Uh, yeah. I, I just felt like they're in a makeshift camp and this elaborate system is how they're detaining like the one <laughs> prisoner that they have. It just seemed yeah. very, uh, <laughs> like he was very much on display uh, and it was perfect uh, to be able to escape from with, simply MacGyver's pocket knife, which right, he was right. able to throw right. in um, and we were able to... <laughs> you would think the week it took them to build that cage, they would have built a few more security measures in. Yeah, um, no. Yeah, so we get him out. We we do we, we do the thing. Uh, he disarms the bomb. He rescues the guy. Uh, he, he, shoots, he shoots a gun like basically once and then hands the gun over to the pilot never to shoot a gun again in the series. This is his only time firing a weapon. And then he shoots them off the cliff with a rocket thruster he made out of a flare, flare gun and a parachute appears out of goddamn mm. nowhere. Yes. Uh, and this was my favorite part of the whole episode. I loved it. <laughs> I thought um, when they were parachuting down, I was like, okay, that is like a legitimately cool action move um, to just sort of shoot yourself off a cliff and, uh, and be like, don't worry about it. Uh, we're going to be fine. <laughs> and then a parachute just comes out. Um, yeah, I, I thought that worked. I mean, uh, John, you had a theory about MacGyver's yeah. whole attitude about life. Yeah, uh, I, I think that MacGyver, it's a lethal weapon type situation. Like he's suicidal <laughs> and nihilistic. nihilistic. And that's why he's cool as a cucumber flying off a fucking cliff with a yep. flare gun and hoping that yeah, the parachute will work or I'll die. I don't give a shit, you know? <laughs> and he does that, has had that attitude throughout 
the yeah. whole episode, which was fantastic to watch the main character not give a fuck. Right, right. Despite the fact that everyone else shoulders him with all the responsibility yeah. because he's the only man yeah. who can help. Yeah, but he he really is cool as a cuke. Like he does not um, seem phased by any of this, which gives us this like strange confidence in him. Yeah, uh, because absolutely. he yeah. doesn't really get worried about this. So we just assume like I would have been in a full panic the entire yes. episode. Like if right. you tell me I have four hours to bake a batch of cookies, I freak out. <laughs> like I don't like I'm not saving scientists. Oh man. Well that's why you need a MacGyver there by your side, mansplaining everything he's doing to you like he does to Barbara. Yeah. Barbara. <laughs> because boy, poor Barbara despite the fact that she works in a science lab and knows what sodium hydroxide is doesn't understand what he's doing most of the time. I do have a question though about Barbara. Why does she care so much? Like she's like, I'm not going. I'm like she's right. We don't know why she I, cares about this old I professor really so much. I thought that was going to come back. I really okay. thought yeah. that there was she was going to be in on the plot something. Yep. Yeah. No. I mean, I'd speaking be wrong. of things, speaking of things that don't come back, uh, we sort of skipped over the fact that MacGyver lives in an observatory and has a little brother, big brother situation <laughs> with a black kid named Reggie who never appears in the series again. <laughs> also, the observatory never appears again. So this setup of him being like. It, were, it, it was entirely created just to let us know he's a sympathetic hero who cares about kids. Yes. Uh, um, a, yeah. And I suppose we're supposed to believe he's not racist because he has, right. you right. know, a small black child, uh, psych, uh, you know, sidekick that's by his side. Um, but again, it's a cringy white savior moment um, yep. that looking, <laughs> looking at this through the lens of 2020 no. It will not be the last in this show where we're expected to believe that MacGyver is a hero because he treats uh, people with, in Indonesia like equals or wherever he is right. uh, you know, working with, with natives. What, what simple folk we were in the 80s. Like, we're just, right? <laughs> we're just like not... And we, it, we didn't know what we didn't know. Like, so uh, I'm kind of jumping around here, but we get into a situation where we, we see the lab, we see this janky... <laughs> This janky cone of security, and then uh, and we get we we bring MacGyver in. We talk about uh, the ozone and the aquifer like they're such foreign concepts. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, pre-internet, your sum total of your experience in school and whatever you read was what you knew, right? Like this stuff exactly. was very foreign. Exactly, it was what you read, and and chances are you didn't leave, you know, within a certain number of miles where you were from. And <laughs> right. so, you know, people didn't have that kind of understanding of environmental issues, certainly, but like right. this was definitely on that wave um, of sort of environmental awareness being really at the forefront in Hot media. Issue, yeah. And so by the time the 90s hit, I felt like we were hearing about the ozone on a daily basis, you know? Yeah, right, um, right, and now right. I would love to check back in on it. Like, how yeah, is it how's doing? It doing? <laughs> <laughs> we don't, like, we don't hear about the this ozone. anymore. Yeah, it was, it's almost quaint to think back to the time when it was like, it was pre-globalization, pre-internet. And yeah, so like, like, remember when that was our concern? <laughs> yeah, the media just decided, okay, like Greenpeace is really making a, a big ruckus. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's make this the big issue. Yeah, while well, it's got like old white dudes smoking, talking about it. <laughs> like, and then, yeah, let's uh, figure this shit out. Absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, it's, so MacGyver, <laughs> you know, very famously doesn't smoke and it's really clear that mm, he is right. not um, into the hero. cigarettes that he has to use for uh, one yep. of his first little hacks that he does. Um, but everyone else else is smoking and that's fine yeah yeah <laughs> um, 
And my guy, I, I mean, I think we can extrapolate also from that that he does, he's never smoked a joint in his life. This is like, yeah, no. you remember like the 80s were a big, that was a big time where we were like, it was the say no to drugs era. It was the like, you know, just say no. Uh, and I, I think that's that's reflected here. I think I think they've carved out a hero that's a combination of Indiana Jones and James Bond and Mission Impossible. And then they've just kind of uh, handed him like, yeah, pa- he's pacifist. Sort of pacifist. Yeah. I think he is those guys without any of the vices. He's like the science professor at Indiana Jones's college where he the, the rock star archaeologist right, is right, like, yeah. you know, he's the badass one, you know, and Smart. then like MacGyver's the like science nerd that like gets called into shit. Yeah, they're both nerds. Right. Like Indiana Jones, a professor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we get to we get to the we have to talk about this lab, which by the way is the set of Star Trek: Wrath of Khan redressed, which makes <laughs> a lot of sense why they were able to have like a huge, impressive set for this pilot. Um, so we get to find out that you know the bomb goes off. Now we have to there's a leak, and we have to figure out how to solve it. And their whole solution is to bring in a whole bunch of tanker trucks with a bunch of sodium hydroxide or whatever it is. Uh, and then they decide later they're going to shoot a missile at it. Pretty crazy, guys. Pretty crazy. It's, yeah, it's the whole thing um, is really confusing to me because um, <laughs> we clearly have a lot of resources to deal with this problem, yes, but not yes. enough resources uh, to send in more than one guy, um, including uh, Barbara, his sidekick, who right. is a victim of an explosion <laughs> and then is just tagging along uh, to help solve in the a, problem. In a pink dress, in case you were unclear about how helpless she <laughs> it was just and and as I think you pointed out like she is you know a, an expert at the beginning of this show she yeah. is this like scientist walking around this yeah. lab where she works every single day she's very yep. knowledgeable about it the second MacGyver shows up <laughs> she knows nothing <laughs> yeah. yeah and I think I, she's technically an assistant I suppose so she may not be a scientist but she definitely knows plenty of sciencey shit so it's uh yeah it's very surprising that she's like uh, the idea that someone who's an assistant at that lab wouldn't know right the the chemical reactions of things is yeah. absurd to me yeah. also the unprofessional like she is kissing him yeah. almost immediately yep yeah yep. like how funny to think of like societal norms back then i guess that was okay what you know like the, you just, i i no, don't no. think that was happening <laughs> like, what? all right we're gonna play one more game with our guests but before we do that let's hear from a sponsor we'll be right back Hey, Maggie, I had an idea. Okay, fine. What? What if we started a podcast? But we don't know anything. I mean, we could always learn something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Maggie. And I'm Maddie. And we want to welcome you to Okay, Fine, What? A podcast about things we don't really want or need to know about. But we're going to anyway. Each week, one of us is going to absolutely force herself to learn everything about a topic, such as aglets. The soft spot on a baby's head. Or the history of clown noses. And then spoon feed it to the other like a thick Italian sauce. Mama likey. So sit back, relax, kick up those tired feet, and join us as we say to each other, Okay, fine. What? know how we feel about the episode let's find out where it falls in the in our duct tape and paper clips rankings everybody uh okay so 
We're looking to find the best episode of MacGyver, and all three of us are going to rate this episode from 1 to 10 on six different things. All right, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how exciting was this episode? How exciting were the action sequences? I was, I was into it. <laughs> I was, <laughs> and, and I'm going to take this all into context. Like, I realized I was in an 80s action show, and so once I was in that world... Then I'm like, okay, well, how action-packed is this for an '80s action-packed show? Sure, you have to so that was my peers. Exactly, like as opposed to an action-packed show now, I'd be like, it's a three. But for its time, I was I was like an eight because I'm like, okay, okay, you know, this has got it's got some action, a lot of production value. It's It's an action show, cliffhanger stuff. Yeah, I got you. So you want to give it an eight? Yeah, I would give that an eight for the time. Okay, what about you, Annie? So I am going solely based on the action scenes in this category. I gave it a four um, because I am not the biggest fan of action scenes. It's the part of a show where I am most likely to zone out or look at my phone or what have you. And so it has to be something really compelling or have a lot of like dialogue and plot to make me... Uh, super engaged in it. You weren't um, engaged by the by the horse narrative during the action. No, sequence. the horse narrative <laughs> did not work for me. Um, and and frankly, like I I felt like there were too many steps for him to get to the core of that lab. There were too yeah. many of those little barriers. I felt like I was watching an episode of like Legends of the Hidden Temple, where it's like yeah. first you need to do this, and then so it just <laughs> felt like there was too much of that. Um, yeah. yeah. But with I, that being said. The parachute thing was really cool, um, and I did really like that. Great. And um, the chocolate thing I also thought was um, a unique and kind of inventive way of dealing with something um, that we don't it is neat. often see. Well, so I, I'm going to agree mostly. I think I, I would put it a little higher. I'm going to put it at a five. Okay. Uh, moving on. How about acting and writing? We've lumped these together because so frequently the acting and the writing are about the same. Um if I'm being serious, you know, it's like if I'm be- I'm going to give two rankings here, but I'm going to qualify. Okay. The first one is like if I'm being serious, you know, it's like a three, mm-hmm. you know, but because it was done in the 80s and it encapsulates an era of absolute ridiculous shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a nine because they take it so fucking serious. They're committed. And you're like, this is ridiculous shit. And not one person in along the way was like, we can't, this is, no one's going to buy this shit. Right. Right. You know? So So, like commitment matters. And it got made. So I'm like, that's kind of fucking hilarious. But like, if I were taken seriously, it's like, so are you going to split the difference or are you going to give it a nine? Yeah. So I'm going to split the difference and I'm going to go with a six on that. Great. Great. What about you, Annie? So I'm going to say five in this category because like, obviously we're not seeing top notch writing um, in this episode. I I give it a five because like I was able to follow what was going on. Like I, I did get a really strong sense of who this character is um, in the first episode, which is really hard to do actually like in a pilot episode, but I, it loses points for me because, like, I did not fully understand the evil plan and why it even mattered. Um, right. And also, like, 
the the horse monologue did not work no. for me um and and also like i felt like they had the opportunity like this could be a funny show like mm. there could be a lot of moments where um you know there are jokes and there just aren't yeah that might come later uh i i think i i'm a I'm about in line with you guys. I think I'm going to give it a six as well. All right. Uh, sheer innovation. I, this is really MacGyver's innovation quotient in the episode. Huh? How innovative was he in the solving of problems? I think just because I know other MacGyver episodes, mm. I don't think he was quite as innovative as he gets. Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously that makes sense because it's the pilot. Yeah. Um, but at first, when you first asked the question, I thought you meant like, how innovative was the sh- I thought you were going to ask the show? how innovative was the show itself. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, that's a really deep question to go into the, for MacGyver. But yeah, this um, is a podcast of I, the history of film. We're just yeah, using right. MacGyver <laughs> to get in into it. Truffaut and uh, but yeah, I would. I mean, I would give it honestly about a five yeah. compared to the other ones. He does crazy shit later on. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to spoil it's kind of middle it for of the road. Yeah, would you agree, Annie? Yeah, it's middle of the road. I I gave it a little bit higher. I said seven because I just felt like. Um, some of like the chocolate bar thing and Mm. the the smoke and the lasers and you know he's using morse code i think if you're comparing this to sort of like your average action hero like that's pretty good yeah it is yeah and he does it all without needlessly killing people which i think is also pretty cool yeah all right. Uh, what about um, the message? Uh, now, in later episodes, we're going to see a lot of this. Like, there's a real message to the episode. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably rate it. Uh, I'd maybe say, like, a four. And that four is for the four messages <laughs> of other stuff. Like, don't do drugs. Yeah. Don't smoke cigarettes. Have a, be a big brother. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I didn't think about the you big know, brother thing. It's definitely a... They're hitting you over the head. Like they're they were like hitting. It's like Nancy Reagan was was a writer and was like, oh, you know what, you got to mention, you know, don't do drugs and you know. Uh, how would you? Uh, so what do you think? Uh, you I agree with that. I think it's a four. It's not as heavy handed as I think we're gonna see. All right, let's do fours across the board. I'll do four as well. How about eighties cool factor? Now put in the context of the day. How would you rate this episode in terms of its eighties cool factor? I'm, I'm going to go high on this. I'm going to go cool factor. I'm going to go like a nine. Wow. Okay. Because it, it, it was like, it came out and it's like, you know what? We're going to compete with the big Come boys. Come out swinging. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And we're going to like fly off a fucking mountain and have a parachute fly out and they're not fucking around. Yeah. We're going to pack as much action as we can in this episode or try, yeah. you know. Yeah. And their, I think, well, there's other things way. we could rate it on too. Like, uh, you know, he's got the mullet. You know, yep. he's got some, uh, there are some sort of 80s cool shit. I think even just the concept of living in an observatory yes. feels distinctly yeah. like, that's like something uh, Axel Foley would be doing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's yes. very 80s and a very, like, um, kid fantasy in the 80s. Yeah, like, it reminds sure. me of Growing Pains where Mike lives above the garage. The garage? Like, that's <laughs> just a very, yes. like, a cool little space yeah. that's your own thing. Um, totally. Is a very 80s male, like, Like, in the trope. 80s, the idea, and it was certainly appealing for me as a preteen boy, the idea that this guy just does whatever he fucking wants, right. man. And then people just call him, and then he gets to do cool shit. And the rest of the time, he's just eating ice cream on Santa Monica Pier and living in an observer. <laughs> you know that's his whole life uh it's pretty cool it's Not a pretty bad cool life all right so what do you get what do you yes. give it annie so i'm gonna give it a six um because cool. i don't think 
he gets super cool. Like, we don't see him. I don't think he's really in sunglasses at all, which is important for me mm-hmm. to be cool. Right. Um, <laughs> and he uh, he has some good outfits, but not the outfits I think that we're going to see yeah, later right. on. Um, so I'm going to keep it at, at like, a six. Yeah, and I also like think a- that his love interest is not necessarily cool in this right. episode. Right. Right. Cool. Uh, I'll give it a seven. Uh, and then uh, the, the last uh, question in this category is, does it hold up? How well does it hold up? Oh, I, I mean, I give it a one. Like, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's so stuck in a different time. Like, yes. you're like, there's no, I mean, you'd have to get someone out of a coma from the 80s right. to be like totally into it and not, you know, or a ch- young, young child that you probably shouldn't be showing it to anyway. And that's about your only two demos that are going to be like, no, I buy it. Yeah. I, I'm going to say three. I, I think like certain things certainly hold up. Um, but the, the writing and the pacing, yeah, my God, sure. uh, <laughs> does not hold up. I mean, just think about the television that we've seen Mm-hmm. in the time since this aired and how sophisticated television writing has become and yeah. and compare that uh, to yeah. the pacing and the the writing and and the production values on the show i mean you if you had to be honest uh it doesn't hold up and like to look at the the white savior little brother thing through mm. a 2020 lens like <laughs> that ain't it uh we it. need to we need to move on from that I agree uh, mostly. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher just because there are some. Tr- it's tr- trying in the sense that it's like uh, you know a, a hero that doesn't use a gun, and like I think there are some things about it that uh, are appealing even today, even though uh, there's some problematic stuff. So I'm going to give it a four. Um, all right, so we have. Uh, a lightning round here where we're just going to give 10 bonus points if any one of these things is true. This is just a binary one or the other. Is it true? So does he help out an old friend in this episode? Uh, this is a, a MacGyver trope we see a lot of. I don't think that could be the case. I mean, Gant isn't really an old friend. He's more of a exposition guy. He's like an associate. I'm, I'm not, we're not seeing really a long lost friend come back. No. no. Um, so that's a zero. Uh, ex-girlfriend makes an appearance. So, nope, this is Not maybe a future, no. future ex-girlfriend, maybe. Uh, a dream sequence. Do we get a dream sequence? No. And is he left alone by bad guys in a locked room? Uh, no one's really bad. Yeah, and it's just, it just depends it? on what you define a room as. Like, he's definitely yeah. trapped in a couple of tight spots, but I'm going right. to say no. But he's not placed there by the bad guys. So no, he's not locked that. in a cell. Great. Uh, well... That concludes this game. Uh, let's reveal the results. Out of a res- out of a total possible 220 points, uh, this episode receives 95 points. And because it's the first episode of this podcast, it makes it the best and worst episode of MacGyver <laughs> of all time. Um, all right. I feel good. Is it, do you guys have any... Uh, Final thoughts are, I was so glad that this episode ended with a freeze frame. Uh, yes. I mean, I missed that, you know? The freeze frame a show was a, a, a very special frame. 80s, early 90s. Um, and Well, also, like, they really, they play the music and then they do another 80s thing, which is to show you stills of the whole episode you've yes. just seen underneath all the credits. You know, I mean, listen, it was not a great episode of television, but for a pilot, which uh, pilots are notoriously right. They're bad, bad and... 
in many cases completely different from the series that it actually mm-hmm. winds up uh, being. Right. Um, I think uh, it was pretty good. So I'm excited to keep watching more uh, more MacGyver. I'm glad because I've roped you into this <laughs> and uh, I, you hate action scenes. And uh, so uh, I don't hate this, them. So I'm, I'm bored by them. Like the, it just, yeah, okay. it's a high bar for me. Right. I got you. I got you. And what about you, John? Any parting thoughts on this episode or MacGyver in general? No, I'm just glad that you guys are taking this on. Like, I, it's, <laughs> I think, thank like, God. somebody thank had God. to. Thank God. Yeah, we, they, we found us and we're here to solve yeah. the problem. We're the MacGyvers of podcasting. Truly. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, exactly. You guys yeah. are going to kill it. And I'm so psyched for you because, like, quarantine was meant for this stuff. For people to be like, it's time for me to binge a show from the 80s. That no one's cared about in no at least 20 years. In 20 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. And I, so. like, not to get too heavy-handed with the pandemic stuff, but, like, I have personally made the decision that, like, I don't feel comfortable doing stand-up yet. Um, and so I need some kind of outlet uh, sure. for yeah. this. So. Well, thank you so much. This has been thank so you. fun. Um, all right, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us, John. Thanks to my co-host, Annie. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please, we're new here, so subscribe, rate, review, uh, all that jazz. If you want to watch old episodes of MacGyver along with us, they are available on CBS All Access. Uh, and if you don't, you can buy them from Amazon for a buck an episode. Next episode we'll be breaking down is Season 1, Episode 2, The Golden Triangle. Take care, everybody. Uh, remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, Friends are the adventures of life. Bye, everybody.